Welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast, where two generations of owls, Michael the dad, me, and Hank the son, discuss the latest in movies, plays, books, video games, and more. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast. I'm your co-host, Michael Owl, and I am here with Hank Owl. Hank Owl, how's it going today, man? It's going very well. This day is very anticipated. <laughs> this is the uh why is it anticipated i think i know that it's anticipated because it's the day before the oscars that's right which is the day in which we're recording our oscar predictions podcast we've uh, been very i at least i been very excited for this this is what has got me through the week yeah. as well as food and beverage and shelter <laughs> <laughs> i've been very excited about this also and part of my my new journal you know i love a journal um has like something you're looking forward to on the weekly section, and this is what I put I was looking forward to. So you are not the only yes. one. And you'd think with how much we're looking forward to it, we have put some work in to watch more of the movies nominated. You know what? We've done pretty darn well. I I, I take your negativity and say, ha ha, <laughs> and go the other way with it. And I'm, I'm judging this <laughs> certainly just by what I've done recently in the past few years. I've definitely uh, seen more than I have in recently. We were uh, we were looking through other Oscar Best Picture nominees of previous years, and when we got to 2011, you're like, I don't think I saw any of these movies. <laughs> yeah, really, I don't, I don't know think what I was saw going a single on movie nominated. My life then, but clearly, film was not not part of it very much. Uh, but I'm happy that it's back now. So why don't you tell everybody how we're gonna do this thing? And I think, uh, yeah. So, this is a completely new way of doing it. We're the first person ever to do it this way. We're going to go through each nom- uh, each award and say which one we think is going to win and which one is our favorite or we should win, although favorite and should win is kind of different things. So, yeah. I favorite, favorite. Yeah, which I one like, we like, like the most? And obviously, my previous thing was a joke because that's the common format used, but who are we to differentiate? <laughs> um are all categories the same, or was there any kind of contest involved? Yes, there is a point system Ooh. where we're going to fight each other with our <laughs> points. So most of the awards are worth, worth, or worth, <laughs> worth, are worth one point. And then some awards, and those are the screenplay, best international feature, best documentary, and best uh, animated feature awards, those are worth two points because they're not i think they're a little bit higher than technical levels but they're not one of the main six and three points go for the main six excluding best pictures those are the acting awards and best director and best picture is worth five points wow we get nothing if we do not get them right no penalty for guessing no no penalty for (laughs) guessing no penalty for that shot in the dark rightness with the the amount of movies we've seen, some of the stuff needs to be just throw the dart on the board. All right. Well, since there's a lot of stuff to get to, why don't we just get right into it? So we're starting with the shorts and starting in the shorts with live action short film. This is worth one point. The nominees are, and we actually have seen these. We have seen the shorts, uh, except for the documentary shorts. We saw them yesterday at a theater, our first time in a theater in a while. Felt good. It felt very good. And, it and there wasn't safe. a lot of it, there wasn't a lot of people there. There was, say, I guess, uh, there was a decent. Actually, there was a decent. There was like people, fifteen people there. There wasn't like a packed theater, and they were all decently far away. And they had the rows separated, and uh, you know, yeah, felt it felt good. We, we I am double vaxxed and you know, a month out of double vax, 
And uh, I don't know. I guess we're just hoping you don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it sounded good until I brought you up. <laughs> but it was really fun, and I felt safe, and it was really, 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 really good. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. Okay. The nominees for live-action short film are Feeling Through, The Letter Room, The Present, Two Distant Strangers, and White Eye. I believe you can see Two Distant Strangers on Netflix. I don't know if I'm going to be telling you where you can see these movies for the entire time, but I'm pretty sure you can see Two Distant Strangers on Netflix. All right. So um, I think I'm just going to start since I'm talking right now. Uh, this one is pretty difficult. I, I imagine it's always hard to tell for shorts, especially for us. We're not... We're no Oscar experts. We uh, so the one I chose, and this is kind of a guess, is you're, so you chose for the one that I think is going to win. Okay, you're doing your think to win first. Okay, is uh, the letter room, and I chose that because I chose it. Ah, uh, there's really <laughs> no reason. It stars Oscar Isaac. And I feel like that's star power. And I, I say that's one reason to choose it right there. I remember there being a short with Sally Hawkins. That perhaps one best short. So I'm thinking that star power kind of helps. The one that maybe there's actually two that I think I almost chose, and those are two distant strangers because it's on Netflix and it's readily available for a lot of people to see, and maybe these, some of these others aren't. And uh, feeling through because it uh, it's about a blind and deaf man, and it seemed very Oscar-y, and like I feel like that would be. If I was voting, I, I that would be I'd feel very good about picking that movie. I hear that. But the letter room, the letter room is the one I think is going to win, and I, I kind of just picked it because it is also my favorite. Okay. Of the live action short films, I, uh, I mean it's hard to tell with the shorts what the what the quality of an, of enjoyment for it is, but um, I thought Oscar Isaac was really good, and the story's kind of good. It was kind of fun. Yeah, this is the uh, the prison guard who gets the job reading the letters and then yes, becomes it, intertwined in their thing. Yeah, becomes intertwined in the relationship between... It becomes intertwined in the lives of the prisoners and the people outside. Right. So I, I, I don't know. I thought it was good. It has a good ending. I feel like a lot of these... Some of these shorts kind of fell through in their endings. I think that's applicable for Two Distant Strangers. I think we both agree on that. And uh, White Eye. I don't think we liked the endings to either of those shorts. But this one I was I felt really good about and it just it just felt good watching it. So that's that's uh, that's I picked the letter room for the one I think will win and my favorite. What about you? Alright, so I really liked the letter room also. I thought it was a really good film. Oscar Isaac was excellent. I love that it was a short film, but also had multiple layers going on. And I think you can say that with most of these. Uh, for what I think will win, uh, my predicted winner is the two distant strangers. This is the one, it's very political, it's very timely, it's the Groundhog Day, except for this is a young African-American who wakes up and keeps getting killed by a cop. That's such a cool cop. That's such a great concept. It it really is. And that first, like, it goes there. The violence, it goes there but doesn't go over the top. The most violent and scary and visceral one to me is, like, the very first one when he's getting choked out. Uh, And that was brutal. And appropriately so. And then, you know, it goes back and uh, gives it again and again and again. And so I think I think that's going to win. It's really well done. The acting is great. The editing was great. And the whole thing was great. I didn't love the ending. 
But there was this one extended sequence where where they set you up as an audience member to where you really think you know how this film is going to go and how it's going to end, and then it doesn't. And that was a really cool moment, and I don't want to spoil that for anybody. I enjoyed that as well. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's going to win. I think it would be deserving to win. It was not my favorite, though. And I really struggled with this because I thought all of these were so good. They were. They were all really good. I really enjoyed doing this, and I'm I'm glad we did this. It reminds me, I did it in like in, in between college and law school one year when I was living in Boston. It just, I don't know, it was really fun. Thank you, Benny Sofer, for making that happen. Um, so I think my favorite is Feeling Through, and this is the uh, blind and deaf actor and character and his interaction with a uh, homeless youth. And it was just wonderful. I don't want to uh, spoil any of it, but I thought it was it was real and also felt good, but also felt just really... And I think actually all of these films did a really good job of putting the audience member in the place of these characters. I mean, they say storytelling is an you know, empathy generator, and all these movies really got me very empathetic for people who are very different than me, but also very much the same. So that's that's my prediction, and that's my favorite. All right. So, let's clarify your prediction for the one was when was two distant strangers. Two distant strangers, and my favorite is feeling through. My prediction is the letter room, and my favorite is also the letter room. Also, I kind of want to point out with these short films, it was cool how both feeling through uh, the present and two distant strangers have similar ideas about like trying to get home. I, I thought that was kind of interesting, and I don't know if that's that's something to do with the pandemic or just a complete coincidence that these these ideas align yeah, in this category. It was very cool, and I, I love that you noticed that, because I did not notice it until you said it, and then I was like, oh yeah, you're right. That's really cool. All right. On to animated short film. The nominees are Burrow, which I believe you can watch on Disney+. Plus. It's one of Pixar's Spark Shorts. Uh, Genius Loki, uh, the possibility of me pronouncing that wrong is very high. If Anything <laughs> Happens, I Love You, which I believe is on Netflix. I could be wrong. Uh, opera and uh, Yes People. I think you can go first for this one. All right, cool. So, again, I really enjoyed a lot of these. Uh, Burrow, the Pixar thing was very fun. Uh, remind me which one Yes People was. Yes People was the one from Iceland, where all the, all the dialogue uh, yeah. is just yes that or was, yeah. That was really fun, too. Genius Loki was... Uh, uh, the most avant-garde one to me was Genius Loki, and I'm not sure I really fully got that one, but it was beautiful and odd and weird and powerful. Uh, but what I think is going to win is If Anything Happens, I Love You. And again, we're going to try to avoid spoilers on this, but this is a, it's a husband and wife who've clearly suffered a loss, and they are dealing with grief and it goes in unexpected directions and it just goes in a beautiful, heartbreaking way. But it's really well done. It's also topical and political. I imagine that Oscar voters would really enjoy it. Uh, it's really enjoyable. I liked it a lot. It was not my favorite. And I think, I think my favorite probably has no chance of winning. But uh, my favorite was opera. And what opera is, is really a one... Uh, one set piece of a drawing basically that you know it's moving it's animated this kind of pyramid of life and it just you start you start at the top and it kind of scrolls very slowly down and there's a billion things going on during it and i found that fascinating 
would like to watch it several more times. I would like to hear the filmmakers kind of explain what what they think it means, and they they might not do that. You know, they might you know a lot of folks won't, but at least kind of what their inspiration was going into it. I really loved it a lot, but I I don't think it's going to win. I think it's just a little too avant-garde. I think a little too out there. So so yeah. So my prediction is for if anything happens, I love you, which is just heartbreaking uh, to say given the context that they're using it, and then my favorite is opera. What about you? Uh, the one I agree with you on the one we think is going to win. That's if anything happens, I love you. If you've seen it already, if once you and if you haven't, once you see it, and you should, uh, you'll kind of see the subject matter. And I think right after we watched it, we both kind of knew, like, this is the one that's going to win. I think the one that's giving it maybe a little more competition is Burrow. But even saying that, I find it uh, I find it hard to believe that like Oscar voters are gonna pick a movie about uh, or a short film about a rabbit digging a hole. It's about home, uh, rather than a uh, a movie about the subject matter that, if anything happens, I love you is about yeah, dealing but- with grief. And it's also my favorite. I think opera is opera's very good and opera's cool, but it doesn't affect me and kind of grab your heart like if anything happens i love you does i hear that so i think i had to i had to give it to that so it is very very powerful and very very well done and this is just general about all of these films how the animation styles differ i just i that's so i was so awesome <laughs> isn't it fun it's it really is cool so fun there's so many different ways to tell a story and it's really neat what they did I agree. And they're really hard to compare each other, too, because of the different animation styles and because, you know, some have a very clear narrative and some don't. Uh, it was very cool. Yeah. I think my favorite art style was the genius Loki one. Yeah, which is really? very kind of like paper drawn. Kind yeah, of looks like. and it was very abstract and then kind of long things of just black or just white uh, color. That was cool. Cool. So just to clarify. Yeah, check out all those if you can. The one I think is going to, the one I think is going to win is "If Anything Happens, I Love You," and my favorite is also "If Anything Happens, I Love You." All right. Now on to documentary short subject. We have not seen any of these movies, nor do we know, nor do we have any idea which one is going to win. So this is literally which movie did you guess? The movie I guessed was a love song for Latat. Oh, I guess the nominees are Colette. A Concerto is a Conversation, which is the one I actually know something about. It's about the composer of Green Book and his relationship with his father, or her father. I, I don't know that much. Uh, do Not Split, Hunger Ward, and A Love Song for Latasha. I guessed A Love Song for Latasha. I couldn't tell you what it's about. I can just tell you that I guessed it. I ran my finger around the five nominees, and that's what it landed on. All right, there we go. I like that scientific method. Mine was also equally as scientific, and I went a concerto is a conversation and I chose that mainly because I like alliteration though you have alliteration in yours as well and that was the one I guess that you had told me about so I was like well you know I'm just going to go with that so that's what I think will win a concerto is a conversation we'll find out and I think a love song for Latasha all right all right now we're we're done with the shorts but still continuing each award if we get it right, we get one point. So each of these awards are still worth one point, but now we're on to the more uh, major technical feature-length film awards. And we're starting with visual facts. The nominees are Love and Monsters, The Midnight Sky, 
Mulan, the one and only Ivan and Tenet. What did you think was going to win? So a lot of these films I have not seen. In fact, I've only seen one, which surprises me because I'm surprised I didn't see The Midnight Sky. That's sci-fi, and that was that's Clooney, right? That's George Clooney, yeah. That seems silly that I didn't see it. I guess it did not get the greatest reviews from, I guess, the people I was reading or listening to, so I did not make the time to see it. But So I have, as my favorite, the only one that I saw, which is Tenet. And then I also have that as my predicted win, because, I mean, it was visually amazing, and it was tons of effects all throughout it. So that's kind of what I, that's how I did it. I, I chose similarly. I've also only seen Tenet, uh, so I chose, it's obviously my favorite process of elimination. <laughs> it is my favorite uh, in terms of visual effects. And uh, the one I think is going to win is also Tenet. I have nothing to back this up, but I feel like Christopher Nolan movies are usually good on their visual effects. Yeah, I think that. Well, you've seen did them. Inter, so you know. Did Interstellar win? I, I, I kind of meant in like ways of them winning Oscars for visual effects. You know, I don't know if uh, Interstellar won. Feels like it would. That movie had incredible visual effects. Of these movies that we haven't seen, is there one that you want to see? Uh, that probably the Midnight Sky, because I think it's, from what I've heard, it's probably the best of these. And it is also the only one giving Tenet any competition. Tenet has won a lot of these awards. Okay. Visual effects wise. But so Midnight Sky, what's weird is what I've, what, what I've heard and I could be inaccurate. Tenet has won a lot of like the main critics awards for visual effects. Okay. But the Midnight Sky has won a lot of like the visual effects only awards. Like I think like... I may be getting wrong on the actual name of the organization, but like the Visual Effects Society named Midnight Sky for the best visual effects. Oh, that's interesting. All right, cool. All right, we'll see who we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what wins. So, Tenant is both of our favorites, and both of the ones we think is going to win. All right, now on to sound. The nominees are Greyhound, Mank, News of the World, Soul. And Sound of Metal. And I'm just going to, I think this award seems pretty obvious, at least to me, and that's for Sound of Metal. You have not seen Sound of Metal, so maybe it's less obvious to you. Uh, but I think I think Sound of Metal is going to win because it is just really an achievement in sound. There's this great, I mean, it's a, it's about a guy going deaf. Um, Darius Martyr, the director, cares a lot about accurately showing deafness and i think a lot of that goes into the sound the yeah into the sound of the movie so it's just it's just great to hear they do they do a lot of things to accurately display obviously i can't i'm not deaf i don't know accurately display but it seems like they do a lot to accurately display deafness it's also my favorite for the same basically the same reasons it's just an incredible (laughs) achievement in sound there's a scene where um, this is in the beginning of the movie, the actual scene in which we we see him start to go deaf, and kind of the transition of like this noise to just like lower noise is so good and so so frightening, and that whole scene is so well done, 
especially with the way the sound is done, I feel like I, I have to give it to sound, and I think it's going to win as well. Oh, that sounds really cool. I've been wanting to see this movie. I just haven't made it happen. It's got good reviews. You like the movie as a whole, too, right? It's a, it is a, it's a very good movie. Yeah, this is one I definitely want to see. I have not seen Sound of Metal, though. However, it is my predicted win, because how could it not be, right? It's got sound in it's the title. It's achievement of sound and sound, and like it sound is like a, such an integral part of it. I'd be really just shocked if it was going to win. But since I haven't seen it, I put as my favorite the only one that I have seen on this, which is Mank. Because I've I've seen it and I don't remember anything being particularly incredibly great or incredibly anything about the sound, but I guess it was pretty good if it got a nomination. So yeah, I think what they did with the sound in Mank is kind of make it sound like a, a movie of the era. Oh, uh, okay. All right. So I think they did a good job. I think it deserves to be uh, uh, nominated, and I probably rank that second to Sound of Metal in my own personal preference. Really, over Soul. Over Soul. I mean, I guess I don't remember anything special about the way Soul's sound was done. I guess it was about, I figured it was about some music somewhere in jazz, so I figured sound would be important. Yeah, I think, I don't remember thinking like, oh yeah, the sound's good, and I do for Mank and Sound of Metal. All right, very cool. All right, Sound of Metal, both predicted wins. And in terms of like things that could win other than Sound of Metal, there is none. I, I mean, there's, <laughs> you, sound you of, that confident? there's sound in the title. I think Sound of Metal's pretty, <laughs> pretty served to win. Would also win the award then for Best Metal Movie. <laughs> <laughs> I can totally edit that out. Best, <laughs> best Metal in a Movie. Goes right. to, who, who would have won that movie in previous years? <laughs> I wish I could think of a joke real quick. <laughs> I don't know. All right, let's move on to... Yuli's Gold. <laughs> Came up with one. All right, who's next? Production Design. All right. The nominees are The Father, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, News of the World, and Tenet. What about you? What did you think? Well, this one I was, I'm curious about because Tenet, again, was such a visual effects heavy movie. And I don't know if production design includes the visual effects like if you're you know if you're acting two actors in front of a green screen and behind them is this amazing cool castle or interior that has to be outfitted with you know lamps and things like that and all the other stuff that would make like you know a production design does that count as part of the production design so i don't know that but what I put is my favorite. Uh, it's also my predicted win, just because I, I think people are going to be just as impressed with it as I was, and that is The Father. I chose The Father because, without giving too much away, it involves uh, an elderly man who's having some sort of uh, dementia problems, but there are three or four sets involved in the film, and they all have to kind of resemble each other, but, and also be different than each other. I just thought it was a really incredibly well done film in general, but the production design, how they integrated different sets to where you really weren't sure where you were. And even that there was possibilities of being other places until later in the film. And I think they really did a great job with that. And I think production wise that had to be incredibly difficult to do. Also just high marks for where they put the camera and what they show you. But I really like that film a ton. And I think one of the reasons I liked it is the production design. And so it is my favorite. And, I, you know, with Monterey's Black Bottom, you know, it's three major sets, right? You got the, you know, the basement, you got the recording room, and you got the exteriors. All of that was great. Uh, Mank, 
Mank, Mank probably has an excellent chance of winning, I would think. Um, and I did not see News of the World. But anyway, so I'm going with the father for both of those. What about you? What do you uh, think? This is the first uh, award in which my favorite and the one I think is going to win differ. So I'm going to start with my favorite because you just spent a lot of time talking about it. And that is The Father. The production design is great for the same reasons that you said, uh, you accurately said it was great. Uh, it does involve kind of, there are, there are different areas and different sets, but they all do kind of have to blend to make the movie work and make what the what they try to do and what they successfully do amazingly in the father work. The production design has to be very good to do that. I do not think it's going to win, but it definitely is my favorite. And I think if you haven't seen the father, you you want actually if you have seen the father, you know how good the production design is. It's very clear when seeing it. The movie I think is going to win is Mank because it's old Hollywood, and I feel like you can't possibly get more oscary than great production design showing old hollywood i'm, I'm thinking of that like a, a, lot of a walk and talk scene where they're walking through like all the sets being moved around and i think like the the oscar the academy member and oscar voter watching that is thinking oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i feel like they love they love themselves some some old hollywood right yeah i hear that that makes a lot of sense but then I'm not I'm not sure about the visual effects like tenant wise. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't think so. Yeah, I think so. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. More to come. All right. Original song. So the nominees are "Fight for You," which was used in the credits of Judas and the Black Messiah. Hear my voice. Which was used in the credits of Trial of Chicago 7. Husavik, which was used in the credits of Eurovision Song Contest. Low C or Scene was used in The Life Ahead uh, or La Vida Devante Asse. I probably mispronounced that. It was a good, I think, a good try. And uh, Speak Now, which was used in the credits of One Night in Miami. So I think. Uh I thought you told me earlier that Husavek was not used in the credits, but was actually used in the the narrative. It was. Okay. Did I did I not say it? let me just go over it again. Fight for you, okay. hear my voice, low scene, and speak now were used in the credits. Husavek was used as in the plot of the actual movie. I gotcha. And do you think that should matter? I don't know. This is another like I don't know how things are voted on for original song. Like I know like the rest of the things, it's like composers vote on score, editors vote on editing actors vote on acting right for the nominations and everyone votes on best picture but like I'm, does the academy have a branch of songwriters i mean i don't know i think i think they probably do and i thought the way it worked is like everybody you, you not you, the different departments like actors will nominate the actors and they, but everybody votes on everything as a whole for the final vote oh i could that could be accurate i think that's how it works and just when we get to the nominations, it's just those individual apartments making the nominations and voting for those. But then once it gets to the final voting round, everybody does it. But I don't know that for sure. Uh, so I don't know. Like to me, again, I wonder if there is criteria. Like, if, okay, if you're going to vote for best song, like, is it just your favorite song? Or is it the song that illustrates themes of the movie or has something to do with the movie? Is it just, if it's all just best song and you can put a song in the credits, it feels less important to the film to be honest with you to me 
Yeah, I, I, I feel the same way. We haven't seen Eurovision Song Contest, so we're, we're just gonna have to we're just gonna have to judge uh, <laughs> yeah. the the individual songs, hearing them. Right, and we, we did not see. At least I didn't see the life ahead. Did you? No. Okay, so we can really we couldn't really judge on that anyways. anyway. So how did you do? How did you judge this? I I judged just on song. Yeah. I think I that's how they're. It's been a little bit since we've seen all the movies that nominated that we have seen. So I I, I just it's easier to judge it on song than trying to recall how it may impact the themes of the movie. Yeah, especially with the credits. All right, so what'd you put? Uh, the one that I think is going to win is Speak Now, One Night in Miami. And this is, the sole reasoning is that Leslie Odom Jr., who I believe wrote this song as well as performed it, um, is nominated for Best Supporting Actor. A little bit spoilers, but I don't think he's going to win Best Supporting Actor, but I think they want to give an award to Leslie Odom Jr., and I think they're going to give this award to Leslie Odom Jr. Uh, my favorite was Fight for You uh, in Judas and the Black Messiah, because I don't know. I, I, I have no other way than it just sounded better to my ears. It uses some some wind instruments and some... I don't know. I liked oh, it. Nice. I liked the use of the, the trumpet I play in a band. I liked hearing the band play. That's awesome. It was, I, I liked that. It was my second favorite song. Uh, my first favorite was Speak Now uh, from Night and Manny. I, I love Leslie Odom's uh, voice. I thought it was a great song. I think that is uh, my favorite, and I think that will also win. Right. What did you, uh, I remember watching Trial of Chicago 7 and hearing Hear My Voice in the, uh, in the credits and thinking like, man, this is not good. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not going to go there. I'm just saying I didn't enjoy I, enjoy, I just enjoy Speak Now a lot, by f- over all of these songs by a lot. Though Fight For You is my second favorite. Yes. Hear my voice. That's not even what it sounds like. I don't need to make, it's a, it's a pretty good song. It's a pretty good song. I don't know. It's good enough to get nominated for an Oscar. It may not be your taste, may not be my taste, but it's somebody's taste. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> To hear my voice fans. So I found the quote that I was thinking earlier. I think I tried to tell you this earlier, and I'm good. I found it, then I've lost it again. But it was basically like, it's harder to criticize the music with a guitar in your hand. Yeah, that's true. It's something like that. It's like, it's like a Chilean proverb, I think. But anyways, uh, uh, but I, that's, that's kind of how I feel about when I hear people uh, be overly critical when I suspect or know that they have not uh, attempted the craft at all. So it's, it's harder to be whatever that, whatever the quote is. I think it's brilliant and beautiful. Anyways. Okay. So how about, how about I'll change my, my wording, forget my previous wording. I was thinking when watching the credits of Trial of Chicago 7, man, I do not like this at all. <laughs> there we go. That's valid. That's totally valid. It's a little too slow. I enjoy more upbeat things, especially recently, because things are so bad. Yeah, and I don't remember anything about it. But I do. I we so we we just to clarify for everyone, we did listen to all of these songs before we recorded this podcast separately. So, right, right before we did actually. Yeah. I think even it shows how much I shouldn't be criticizing it when I actually sang the little bit of "Hear My Voice." <laughs> I sang it in the tune of "Speak Now." <laughs> so I think it's more accurately something like. Hear my voice. But that could be completely wrong. No, that sounded pretty good. I like that. Speak Now is good. Yes, sir. Speak Now is a good song. I prefer Fight for You. Speak Now is, I think, is going to win. All right. Go, Leslie. Original score 
time, the nominees are The Five Bloods, Mank, Minari, News of the World, or Soul. Is this me? Yeah, that's you. <laughs> thanks, thanks for the segue introduction. <laughs> well, usually you just start talking. <laughs> Do I? I think we can rewind and see if that's true or not. However, original score. So I've not seen any of these movies. So really hard to see. I've seen Minari. I've seen Mank. And I, that's it. So my favorite, I put Mank. Just because I don't remember liking the score to Minari. <laughs> that's, from, that's as simple as it goes. I did hear an interesting thing about Minari in the score, but not enough for making to make it a favorite. And my predicted win is Soul because it's a movie involving jazz. And so the score has got to be pretty important. And I think it's uh, one of the Marcellus brothers, uh, Branford, I think, uh, who did the score. And he's amazing and a genius. And I think Oscar voters would like him. So that's my prediction. How about you? My prediction is also Soul which is uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross and someone else that I'm forgetting oh. the name of. <laughs> so it's not even the guy I thought. <laughs> so it's not the Marcellus? I don't think it's the Marcellus <laughs> all right. guy. All right. Well, Trent Reznor's been winning stuff awards, so sorry. Yeah, and uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross also did Mank as well. Oh, uh, did they? All right. Yeah, so wow. they're, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, and I don't really remember a lot about Soul Score, but Soul is what everyone else <laughs> is saying is going to win, yeah. and I don't feel like being a contrarian. I feel like <laughs> the other people saying things know more than I do. So I am going to say Soul's going to win. I don't remember anything about Soul Score. The score that I do remember liking is Minari. Okay. And that is my my favorite. And actually, now saying that, I would like to hear that interesting thing you heard about Minari. Well, it was just it has to do with the film, too. And I think we were talking like off the air on this. You know, there are, there are parts in the narrative of Minori, and we might get to that when we get later on in the podcast. But, you know, he wasn't designing this to be... Uh, either visually or narratively or sonically, uh, like a an ex, like a like a photograph is more like a memory kind of thing. So he told the composer, he being Lee Isaac Jung, the director. Yeah. So he told the composer, you know, he didn't want like the Korean music in it. He didn't want like Americana music in it or country music, and both of those would have fit because we have a it's a Korean family, right? It's oh. a Korean family. Yep. Oh goodness, I was like, oh my. Um, and it takes place in Arkansas, so you could have so. But he didn't want to, either one of those obvious choices for the score, uh, and I don't remember what note he did give him to give it. But um, yeah, that that's that was the interesting thing that I heard. Yeah, that's very interesting, and that makes me like the Minari score more than I already do. Yeah, I mean, it kind of makes me want to listen to it more, and regret saying that I didn't like it or didn't remember it. But I don't remember it. <laughs> so I guess I'm being honest, and that's fine. All right, so we both think Soul's going to win. Minari's my favorite. Manx, your favorite. What's next? Makeup and hairstyling. The nominees are Emma, Hillbilly Elegy, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, and Pinocchio. Who's starting this one, you or me? I'll, uh, I'll start this one. I'll start this one and say that I think Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is going to win and i think simply because it is a this like a period piece aspect of it has to do more with costume design but i was going to say because it's a period piece but i think it's also mainly because there's a lot of close-ups on viola davis's face having a lot of makeup on it so the fact that like this is the most noticeably made up makeup one or you can definitely see where the work was put in and i 
I can't with the only other one in the nominee, the only other nomination that I've seen, which is Mank. Can't really notice that, so I chose Ma Rainey's Black Bottom based off of simply that. And I would also say Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is my favorite for the same reasons that as the only one I noticed good work being done put into makeup and hair. I hear that. And I think I, I think you're underestimating the makeup and hair involved in the fact the period piece, because hairstyles have changed so dramatically and do so over the years that I think that's the fact that it is a historical piece is even yes with the costumes and even even with the the hair and makeup also. I also thought this was I think this is going to win. And for all the reasons you just said, and also because, you know, it's it feels like only recently that uh, people in the industry have recognized that like lighting uh, African American and brown and black people and doing their hair like it's it's very different than doing like you know white Europeans like how many times have you seen like bad hair bad wigs from like white people in the industry on African American people and that's something I know that my friends in the industry have complained about for years but I think that's being you know people are getting it now and I think that it's probably going to be rewarded in this as well but also for the other reasons. And it's also my favorite. I just really, I really dug the look. I really dug how, again, with Viola Davis especially, you know, they captured, uh, she's a show person and she has to walk through this hotel and be the diva and look like it. And then she's also got to work and it's also hot. There's no air conditioning. It's, you know, so I just thought they did a great job also. Yes. I would, I, I would also like to point out that possibly Hillbilly Elegy, Maybe gives gives Mom Rainey a little bit of competition for the spot of winning it, just because that's also kind of I don't know if it counts as a period piece, but they're down in I guess well, I don't know if you consider it they're they're in real America, so I I I just from the the screenshots I've seen, there looks to be good work done into the makeup and hair. Yes, yes. All right, now on to costume design, which is a very similar award. Uh or at least, it's not really that similar award. <laughs> but I guess in the it's making... similar that we don't know any much about it. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's similar in that way. But I guess it's also similar in the the making the, the character and the actor look good and accurate to the time in which they're showing. And another category that, you know, being historical or, you know, even or, or space or whatever, like out of the ordinary is it's a showier thing to do. So it usually gets noticed. So, and the nominees are Emma. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, Mulan, and Pinocchio. By the way, can we, can we just bring up something for a second? Yeah. Had you heard of Pinocchio before <laughs> no. the nominations came out? No, the last time I remember Pinocchio, and what, and I think when I was I saw it here, I, I the guy, I think Roberto Benigni, who won for Life is Beautiful, the Oscar for that, like his follow-up to winning the Oscar was a... A, a very panned movie called Pinocchio, and I kind of figured that this was this one. I have no idea what this is. Or this what. is the Robert Roberto Benigni one. Wait, what? Yeah. All right, we're gonna have to. Let we'll, me. We'll go. come back to this. Let's just move on. How about you? Such a minor thing. All right, no, hold on. You go through your costume design picks while I look up what Pinocchio is. Okay, because but that can't be because that was like ten years ago. I'm really worried for my sanity right now. I'm having a... Anyways, I don't want to spoil anything else. All right, so we are talking about costume design. So I haven't seen very many of these. I'm surprised we didn't see Emma, but we didn't. Uh, so I have my favorite mank on this, and I just... I don't remember any costumes in particular, 
But what I remember is, again, old Hollywood. So we have the cool scenes of, you know, people dressed fancy at dinner from back in the day. And we have, uh, you know, home scenes. I just figured there was a lot of costume variety. I don't remember. I remember people looking good. So I'm going with that as my favorite. What I think my predicted win, though, is, is Mulan. Because we have uh, just really showy, beautiful. The clips that I saw, you know, looked amazing. The costume design, the colors involved. So that, and I just think that that's the kind of movie that generally wins these things. All right, what did you find out? And if you didn't, let's just keep going, though. So, the Pinocchio movie you're talking about that Robert B- B- Roberto Benigni directed came out in 2002. Okay, and was panned. This Pinocchio stars Roberto Benigni as Geppetto. I guess he's got a thing. (laughs) And Roberto Benigni actually played Pinocchio in his version of Pinocchio. Man. All right. So that's that's like his thematic chord. Chord. Chord? Chord. I don't know. Um, All right. Robert Benigni equals Pinocchio in my mind from now on. All right. What about you for costume design? What did you think? Uh, I'm going with Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Okay. Because it is... That period piece and the costumes are the costumes are really good. It's also my favorite in this category. It's also the only one I've seen other than Mank, and those are both kind of period pieces. I guess it could I could I kind of want to go with Mank a little bit for what I think will win, just because again for the same kind of reasons as production design, just this old Hollywood. But I think my rainy Black Bottom does it better. Okay, in my opinion, and I just I think that'll be uh, that'll be rewarded. The costumes are really good. All right. So another one where we have different opinions on. That's fun. I'm sorry. Could you repeat uh, your picks again? Yeah. So Cause I, I, I was looking my for favorite it. was Mank and my uh, predicted win is Mulan. Okay. Film editing. The nominees are The Father, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. What do you what do you think will win? So I editing such a hard thing to me, almost like if you notice the editing, editing, then the editor did not do a good job unless the piece is using the editing in a way to further the storytelling. So with this, I went my predicted win is the trial of the Chicago seven. And I think I'm putting that because he plays with narrative time there are so many different styles of shots and so many different styles of scene and they work and blend seamlessly together. And I just think it's a really incredibly well-made movie. You don't see the, the seams, I guess, you know, to borrow a carpentry, I think analogy. Uh, I just think it's a really, the movie flows incredibly well. I think the editing does a great job. And I put that as my, as my favorite also, even though I can make an argument for all of these, except for Sound of Metal, because I didn't see it. But uh, that's my prediction, and that's my favorite, Trial of the Chicago 7 for editing. What about you? The one I think will win is Sound of Metal, although Trial of Chicago 7 is right on its heels for the same reasons that you just said. For me, Sound of Metal, this is a mixture of this is what I'm hearing people say will win, and just a mixture of I think the editing was good as well. They do some things to kind of show us what uh, Riz Ahmed's character, Ruben, I think is the name of Riz Ahmed's character, is uh, is thinking and kind of the way he's feeling. There's some good 
shots of like him kind of like alone in space with the drum and the way those are edited with like the normal scenes i think is well done so i think that'll be rewarded although i could easily imagine it being trials Kogu 7 my favorite is the father and this is one of those ones where like you notice how how good the editing is and yeah i you're kind of regretting not putting that as my favorite. And I, I agree with you in that, like, if you notice how you notice the editing, maybe the editing's not that great. But you notice the editing because you're admiring how well it works into the project of the father. Like, editing and production design, as well as Anthony Hopkins and as well as the, the script, is part of what makes the father so incredibly good. Because the editing does have to be so good to make what they're trying to do work this is also like a non-linear movie and it's dealing with dementia from the point of view of the person who has dementia so editing editing has to be done to make this movie as good as it is and it's really good yeah listening to you say that makes me wish that i had changed that for both my predicted win and my favorite because i think you just summed that up really nicely and i agree really well done you you can I guess no 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 I'm not going to stay where I am but I just I really admire the editing and the father also and I thought you did a great job of explaining why. Aren't this is the last of the one pointers? All right, and that would be cinematography. The nominees are Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, News of the World, Nomadland, and the Trial of the Chicago Seven. What do you think will win? I think. Nomadland will win, and I think I think that because I think I've read it somewhere that people are are predicting that it wins. It takes place out west. There's beautiful vistas. There's I don't recall a lot of moving camera on it, but I could be wrong with that. But I do recall many times it's a very you know um, it's a quiet film. It's a lyrical film. There's lots of beautiful views of the western landscape, and I think. You know, they just put together a very beautiful film, and I think that's why it's going to win. Uh, but honestly, for, for these, I can I can make an argument for all the ones I saw, including what I just said about the trial of the Chicago Seven applies to the cinematography as well, because there are moving cameras. There is a lot going on with that, and it looks great. But I put for my favorite and for my prediction, uh, Nomadland. For my prediction, I put Nomadland because. I guess no. I think Nomadland is going to be the main front runner for this award season, and to be the main front runner, it has to win some awards, <laughs> as well as um, I don't know. I just I've just seen it win every other place it could win. I think I think it is the main the main one that's going to win. I don't think a lot of things give it other competition. Joshua James Richards is a cinematographer. I think he did a I think he did a good job. Obviously, you're looking west. You got these amazing landscapes that he's photographing and it just it just looks really beautiful i made a joke while watching minari minari is not nominated for best cinematography that the like that steven yun and francis mcdormand were gonna go off like into fields so they could be shot from the bottom with just the landscape and sky because that the cinematography in nomad land and minari i think it's almost very similar uh, a little bit is mainly with the field shots of Stephen Young and Francis McDormand. Like how they're kind of shot the same way, and like look at her being interestingly placed in the frame, and look at the beautiful uh, landscape. Uh, my favorite is Mank, actually, which is huh. it sounds like a little bit of a surprise. Eric Messerschmidt is a cinematographer for Mank, and I just because I remember when originally watching Mank, 
thinking that the cinematography was really good. I oh, cool. cannot really remember now why I thought it was so good at the time. But I'm, I'm going to trust me from a while ago <laughs> yeah, thinking right. that it's really good. Trust former self. Yes. All right, cool. All right, now on to the two pointers. Dun, dun, dun. We're on. We're, we're kind of where we were stepping up. We're getting closer to best picture, closer to the big awards. I'm getting very excited to see what we think about both these categories. We're starting with original screenplay. And the nominees are Will Burson, Shaka King, and the Lucas Brothers for Judas and the Black Messiah, Lee Isaac Chung for Minari, Emerald Fennel for Promising Young Woman, the, Mark, the Martyr Brothers and Derek France for Sound of Metal, and Aaron Sorkin for Trial of the Chicago 7. I was very... This one took a while for me to decide which one I would say. I, I say I think is going to win. It's it's a competition. I've been saying throughout this award season, I don't know if I've said it on this podcast, but I'm saying it off the air to people that Trial of Chicago 7 is going to win. It's Aaron Sorkin. Everyone likes Aaron Sorkin. He's got to win. But I, 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 feel, I feel Emerald Fennel for Promising Young Woman in my gut right now. I, I hear a lot of buzz for this movie. The BBC profile did Emerald Fennel. Been like listening to that, maybe think like, oh, if they think this is, they're gonna spotlight her. I did this. I feel, I feel a lot of people liking Promising Young Woman, and I feel a lot of people liking how it is written, and that goes for Mold Fennel. I think it is written very well. My favorite is Sound of Metal. I, I've listened to an interview with Darius Martyr, one of the co writers, and, uh, the director of this movie and hearing how him and his brother kind of came up with the story and the writing of this movie is so like interesting and inspiring. And I think it was like really cool. And I feel like I'm being swayed by that interview. And it makes me think that it's like some of these other people were interviewed. I go for them, but like, I think it also helps that like, I thought the sound of metal script was really good already. And like hearing this interview and the kind of the work that the Martyr Brothers put into making this as accurate as they could and like displaying all the themes they wanted to and the real care they put into this movie makes me name it as my favorite. But I think Promising Young Woman is going to win. Um, where did they get the idea? Is it, You can talk briefly about it? or I know uh, one of their, uh, their grandmother, I think, was deaf. But I think it also has to do... More like they take a lot of like personal experiences. Uh, um, Abraham Martyr is a musician. Uh, Darius Martyr had just got off of a relationship similar to the one that Ruben has with uh, Olivia Cook's character. So I think, but I, I was hearing like there was like they knew everything about these characters' lives up until the point and afterward, like stuff that like have doesn't come anywhere near close to being displayed in the movie they knew about like, they really treated this as like a like a baby yeah cool and i i i admire that uh, and i want to and i want to see it win i'm gonna be <laughs> rooting for it and it's also just a really good movie that's very admirable i really wish i had seen this movie beforehand um so my favorite and my predicted win is uh promising young woman emerald Fennell, and 
I just think the script was brilliant. There's so it just captures what's going on at this time so well. There were so many twists and turns. It was not predictable at all. There's so many great little comments, little one-liners, things that are biting and insightful. And I also, you know, think that you know the strength of that movie to me is the writing and the acting. And I don't know that. You know, I don't. I don't think they're going to give her a director award, and I think they're going to want to give her something. And I think this might be the run. And I think she will deserve it. And I and I hope she wins. And I think she'll win. All right, let's move on to adapted screenplay. The nominees are Borat, subsequent movie film, which was written by Sasha Baron Cohen, Anthony Hines, Dan Swimmer, Peter Bayham. Erica Rivanoha, Dan Mazur, Jennifer Friedman, Lee Kern, and Nina Petrad. There's so many people. I imagine. I imagine there's so many people because um, because of the way these Borat movies are shot. Now it's kind of documentary like. So I imagine there was a lot of writing on the run, and that takes a, a lot of people involved to do that. Uh, when the nominees actually originally came out, I was like, "Why is Borat subsequent movie film a uh, an adapted screenplay?" Yeah, I was curious about that as well. Is that is that because it is a sequel? But no, it is because it is based on the characters created by Sasha Baron Cohen. So kind of because it's a sequel. Right. Yeah, I thought that was pretty fascinating. All right, so the other nominees are The Father, written by Christopher Hampton and Florian Zeller, based on the play by Florian Zeller. Uh, Nomadland, written by Chloe Zhao, based on the book by Jessica Bruder. Uh, One Night in Miami by Kem Powers, based on the play by Kem Powers, and The White Tiger by Ramin Bahrani, based on the book by Aravind Adiga. What do you think? So I'm looking at what I put down here, and now I'm, I'm questioning it again. Um, I put, as my favorite and as my uh, predicted win, One Night in Miami. So I really liked this movie a lot. It was clearly based on a play, uh, just given the locations or lack thereof. Uh, the writing is sharp and good and smart. Um, I like the movie a ton. Uh, now that I've, I'm thinking, though, that I maybe I should have put The Father because it's, it was just so so well done um, setting us up for lots of things. But I'm going to stick with my guns and say that my predicted win will be One Night in Miami, and that is my favorite also, though a very close second would be The Father. Uh, I did not see The White Tiger, so I can't really speak to that. And I did not see Borat's subsequent movie film. I, I would doubt either one of those would have a chance of winning, but that's purely based on my ignorance. Uh, Nomadland, it was a beautiful film, but the script wasn't the standout for the film to me. Uh, the visuals and the acting were. and So The Father, I can see winning this, though, also. But I'm going to stay one night in Miami for both predicted win and favored. What about you? Uh, before I say anything, I just want to ask you about kind of the nominees. Are you annoyed or do you have any emotions about Ruben Santiago Hudson not being nominated for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom? You know, I mean, I don't because I, um, even though I really like the movie a ton and I don't know, I guess no, because I'm more focused, merely just focused on what is here versus what's not. Though I like Ruben Santiago Hudson a ton uh, as an artist and as a person, 
Uh, so yeah, I guess I would have, you know, based on a movie that I didn't see versus the movie that I did see that I enjoyed. So yeah, I would prefer that he was, would be on there. Um, it's weird when you're adapting somebody as prolific and as well-respected as August Wilson, it's probably hard to get a lot of credit for adapting one of his plays because his plays are so amazing to begin with. But you know, I don't know. That might have something to do with it. Yes. And he also knew August Wilson. As well. Yes. Well. All right. So the one I think is going to win is Nomadland. And because, again, I think Nomadland is going to be the main player of this Oscar. Of this Oscar. Of this. Uh, <laughs> I, is, um, what do you, of this Oscars? Or of this It'll be Oscar? The main player of this, uh, of these Oscars. Yes, the main player of these Oscars. Like I was trying to make it grammatical. I'm not even sure these. I am, these is plural. I don't know. Well, let's let's move on. Keep going. <laughs> all right. So I think it has to win this award. I don't want to get spoilery for my later, by my later Oscar predictions, but I just think you suspect it might be a big night for Nomadland. I suspect it's going to be a big night for Nomadland, and I think to be a big night for Nomadland, it's going to have to also win this adapted screenplay award. The screenplay is not, you know, the main attraction of Nomadland, but I still think it's going to win because Nomadland is so well-liked, I think, by the Academy voters. Yeah, you could be right. A lot of people say these uh, screenplay awards and adapted screenplay are are prognosticators of what's going to happen later on in the evening. So you could be right with that. And I think it worked both ways, but we'll see. All right, and the one that's my favorite, I spent a good amount of time debating whether I liked the father screenplay more than the one nine Miami screenplay. And I think I do the one. I, I really enjoy one nine Miami. I think Ken powers does a really great job. And it's also interesting how my two favorites are people adapting their own work. That is interesting. All right. But the father was actually my favorite because it's so well written and it's so impactful. And so like just, just tugs on every ounce of your being. <laughs> yeah. So I think Christopher Hampton and Florian Zeller need a lot of credit for doing that. Yeah, I agree. And I don't know. That just, I keep, I mean, I still like, I, I did not cry while watching The Father, but I came close to crying <laughs> while watching The Father. It's really just fantastic. Yeah, I think it's really, really good. And then I, and I, I get why they're both kind of neck and neck for you on that because they are, they are with me as well. All right, let's move on to uh, the next category, which is Best Documentary Feature. The nominees are Collective, Crip Camp, The Mole Agent, My Octopus Teacher, and Time. I am disappointed to say that we've seen none of the documentaries. This is our worst category. No, it's our tied for our worst category. <laughs> yeah, really? We've got two of them? we got two of them. Boo us. All right, so um, <laughs> the one I think is going to win is My Octopus Teacher. It's a very inspiring story about an octopus who becomes a teacher. I know. And so many times, so many octopi have wanted to move up the academic ranks and been able to do so. And this one did. So it's got to win, right? Yep, it's, yep. yep. No, I, I don't really know what it's about. I assume it's about someone who teaches octopi. <laughs> octopi. Octopus is... Octopi is plural for octopus. 
Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, I presume it's about. Uh, I'm sure they learn from each other. That's what I guess. I don't know. It's crazy. Our cousin works in an aquarium, and I think I saw on her Facebook page somebody was asking if she had seen it, and she said she hadn't loved it. So, uh, right, but the, the real that's the reason only one I've heard of. <laughs> I think it's going to win because a lot of other people are saying it's going to win. Uh, I've heard good things about both Collective Time and Crip Camp. I've never, I, I'm just now looking at the nominees, reminded of the mole agent's existence. But uh, yeah, I've heard about all these other ones. I heard My, good things about Crip Camp. Yeah, yeah, the CBS Sunday Morning did a spotlight on that, and Collective was in both Grierson and Leach's top ten. Oh, okay, cool. And I've heard good things about Time. So your predicted winner is? My Octopus Teacher. Yeah, that's mine too. Because uh, I've heard of it, and it seems to be getting more buzz than anything else. And next year, we'll watch some more documentaries. Yes. And next year, we'll hopefully watch some more animated movies Yeah, as well. Because we're moving on to animated feature, and we've seen very little of the nominees. The nominees are Onward, Over the Moon, A Shaun the Sheep movie, Farmageddon by Soul, <laughs> <laughs> And Wolf Walkers. I don't think you've seen any of these. I've correct? not seen any of these. And I, Sean the Sheep, Farmageddon, isn't that by Ardman Animation? Who used to do Wallace and Gromit? I believe so. I loved them. I loved Wallace and Gromit. I'm disappointed that I haven't uh, seen their last few movies I haven't seen. Yeah, because you didn't see the original Sean the Sheep movie. No, it's almost like I've done that whole, like, they're an indie band, and I really like them. And now that they're much bigger, and everybody else likes them too, like I don't listen to them anymore. Wallace and Gromit was pretty big, though. But not not when I not when I first started watching it. Like it, you couldn't find it. All right. Well, we <laughs> <laughs> Soul's the one that's going to win. That's my favorite. Soul's a really good movie. It's the one the one one I've seen. The only person giving it a little cut. Con- the only person giving it a little. <laughs> The only personified movie that it's going to give Soul any <laughs> What does that mean? <laughs> so just say the name you think is giving it a competition. Wolfwalk. All right, there we go. <laughs> Wolfwalkers, which is by Cartoon Saloon, an Irish cartoon okay. saloon. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next category. No, not yet. Soul. Okay. Soul's a really fantastic, really good movie. I think a lot of Pixar movies is good. This is great for the, a lot of the reasons that a lot of other Pixar movies are great. And I think it's also going to win because it's won every other best animated feature category. Is this category. top tier Pixar? Or is this like one I don't know tier if it's, down? Maybe one tier down. Okay. I guess I it, dep- it depends like on what your favorite Pixar movies are. Yeah, I suppose that's that's definitely true. So I, this is my predicted win because everybody says it's going to win, and one and and I'll I will resolve to see whichever one wins on the documentary as well. All right, let's move on to best international feature, which is another one where we've seen none of the movies nominated, which is crazy. We like foreign films. We do. We do like foreign films. We're not American scum. We like foreign films. <laughs> yeah. We can read subtitles. Uh, we're still American Scum. Just in other ways. <laughs> All right. Well, the nominees are Another Round, Better Days, Collective, The Man Who Sold the Skin, and Keovadi Saida? Keovadi Saida? Keovadi. Pretty cool that a uh, documentary is in you know the international feature film uh, category. It's kind of cool, right? Yeah. Shows that uh, maybe documentaries are getting more popular with Not Us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
All right, so I obviously, as you said, haven't seen any of these. My predicted win is another round just because it seems to be getting tons of uh, press and buzz for it. It's a movie I would love to see. We did a podcast on uh, the director, on another movie the director did, Thomas Venterberg, is that correct? Yes, and another movie starring Starring Mads Mads Mikkelsen. Mikkelsen. And we love Mads Mikkelsen as regular listeners to the podcast know. Uh, So, yes, I went with um, another round for my predicted win. I also... Went with another round because that's the one people are going to say. Going to say? That's the one people have been, throughout this podcast, I've been messing up with tenses. You just like to keep the listeners on, your, on their toes. I do. I, I, I admire do. that. I do. Another round is the one people are saying is going to win. So I think it's going to win as well. It possibly Keovadi Saida is going to uh, maybe give it a little growth because I think that movie's like really well critically received. Like last time I checked, it was in the top 30 of all time films on Metacritic. Oh, wow. But I don't know if that's because it had just come out at that point and not many people had seen it. So the average is very low. Uh, okay. I hear you. I know what you're saying. Because that's how Metacritic works, I do believe. But I think another round is going to win. Go I'm, I'm hoping it does because Mads Mikkelsen and Zendaya can do anything. Yes, those are the two people that can do anything. <laughs> Everyone else is limited by human potential. That's right. That's They're right. the only people that can rise they above can their station. <laughs> Another round. All right. All right, now we're on to the big six. These awards are worth trace points. Woo-hoo. And these also seem to be some of the harder categories. <laughs> Actress in a supporting role. The nominees are Maria Bakalova in Borat's subsequent movie film. Razzie nominated Glenn Close in in Hillbilly Hillbilly Elegy. Olivia Coleman in The Father. Amanda Seyfried in Mank. And Yu Zheng Yoon in Minari. Before, during this Oscar season, I would have said this would be the hardest award. But I think it has limited itself to one major contender, in my opinion. And that is Yu Zhang Yoon. I believe she won the um, BAFTA for this. And I guess that's really all I'm using. <laughs> I think Yu Zhang Yoon's going to win. Yu Zhang Yoon is, does an incredible job. She's the grandmother in Minari. I really like Minari. I really like her performance. She's kind of one of the big emotional aspects of that movie, and it, I think that's it's due to her performance. So I think she's going to win. She's my favorite. All right. So this was uh, this was a tough one for me. Um, and then again, I did not see Borat's subsequent movie film or Hillbilly Elegy, Elegy, but I did see The Father of Mank and Minari, and I liked all three films, and I liked all of these performances. I don't remember Amanda Seyfried's role being so showy that it's something that would win. Olivia Coleman was amazing and it is a, you know, a showy enough role, I think. And she was incredible in it as she has been in everything. But my prediction and my favorite is Yoon Jung Yoon. And I'm basing that on just really enjoying her performance. Uh, she has a change in physicality and uh, mental capability uh, in, and she, in the movie and she, demonstrates that so well uh she's such a force and uh, the character is interesting and fun and she embodies that so well and i'm rooting for her and i hope she wins uh so yeah for me 
both of those for prediction and favorite Yung Jun Yoon Minari. And if it is Olivia Coleman, that'll be Olivia Coleman beating out Clint Close twice. Yes. <laughs> You're like, I have no comment for that. Ah. What are your, what are your opinions about her being nominated for a Razzie as well as an Oscar? I think it just shows that this is art and not science and that this is there's nothing objective about these nominations. It's all subjective, you know. She got a Razzie award, somebody somebody's opinion. She gets uh Oscar nomination, many people's opinions. You know, this is art. It's, it's, it's fun. It's cool that we do this. I enjoy doing this, but it's also kind of BS, right? Yeah. Actor in a supporting role. The nominees are Sasha Baron Cohen, a big MVP at this Oscar award, getting a lot of nominations from a lot of different places. Or, I guess, his movie. A lot. Of- very good. Very good award season for him. Yes. So, Sasha Baron Cohen in The Trial of Chicago 7. Daniel Kaluuya and Judas and the Black Messiah, Leslie Odom Jr. and One Night in Miami, Paul Racy and Sound of Metal, and Lakeith Stanfield and Judas and the Black Messiah. What are your opinions on this category? So I think this is a really, really tough. And again, I did not see Sound of Metal. I uh, wish I had. And I think Paul Racy has gotten a ton of buzz. People are really excited about him. You know, he's a career actor who's never had a huge breakout critical success like this. And so I know a lot of people are rooting for him. I almost put him as my predicted win because of that. But instead, I picked Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, I just think he's really incredible in this movie. I think that... Um, I don't know. I can. Just, I just see Oscar voters really, really loving his performance as I did. And I think, you know, that uh, this movie, Judas and the Black Messiah... You know, I think they want to recognize it. I'm not sure what it'll also win, and he was really great in it. I just think he's a really great actor, and I look forward to seeing everything else that he does. My favorite, however, I put was uh, Sasha Baron Cohen for The Trial of Chicago 7. And I, I just thought he was uh, uh, revelatory for me. I have not seen him do this. I did watch the Borat film, the first one, part of it. That's not my kind of humor. That does not seem like something you could sit for more than 15 minutes no, of. I don't lie. It was, it's not my type of film or not my type of humor either, but I sure do admire what he is capable of doing as an actor. And uh, So I really loved what he did during this. I didn't know very much about the history of this, uh, the real-life events based on it. But I thought uh, he brought Abby Hoffman to life in a way, and I really want to learn more about Abby Hoffman now. So uh, my favorite is Sasha Baron Cohen for Trial of Chicago 7, but I do believe Daniel Kaluuya will win for Judas and the Black Messiah. What about you? I agree with you. I think Daniel Kaluuya is a pretty good lock for winning this award. I think he's won almost all of the other awards for Best Supporting Actor in these other critical organizations, or I guess the Academy isn't a critical organization. The other organizations that give awards for performances and I think that's just because his performance is so powerful and has gotten so much support all around the board from everyone it's just such such a powerful and great performance as Fred Hampton and the Oscar voters are gonna reward that I think it also matters that like general audiences have really you know gravitated towards his performance as Fred Hampton they've really gravitated gravitated Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
I've been talking for a lot, gravitated towards Judas and the Black Messiah as a whole. So I, I think he's going to win, and I think he's going to give a cool speech like he did for the Golden Globes. Yeah, he makes a, he he gives a good speech, and I had loved Leslie Odom's performance as well. And like, I would not be disappointed if he won. And for like the whole, you know, an older actor getting their moment in the sun. Uh, Paul Racy, even though I haven't seen the movie, I would be perfectly happy with him winning as well. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield is a great actor, but I didn't. His performance didn't move me as much. Uh, I, I saw a great uh, joke in the YouTube comments, which is the first time that's ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, and is that like the biggest surprise of the night will be Lakeith Stanfield winning for best actress in a leading role? <laughs> that, that's a joke based on the fact that he's the star of Judas and the Black Messiah, and he's nominated for supporting actor. Oh, okay. I gotcha. That's... We, we had joked about that previously on this podcast. <laughs> it was like what I like to call a callback. Yeah, but you said actress, so that's what I got. Confused. Well, yeah, that's the joke that's the of him joke. being I mean, nominated I in a category he doesn't belong. Right. I, yeah. Yes, I get it. That, that was a funny YouTube comment joke. <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't have. <laughs> uh, but uh, I would also be very happy with Paul Racy winning because he is my favorite. Okay. I was, was going to ask since I haven't seen it. Uh, the Bunch, his performance, except for maybe one scene, which he does incredibly, it's less showy than maybe some of these uh, some of these other ones are. I guess they're not that showy. But Keith Stanfield's performance isn't that showy to me. Um, but I think he just does a really good job. And he really, he really sends across exactly what kind of kind person his character is. And just, I feel like I feel good rooting for him. This is not someone I have to apologize for. It's he's just a he's an older actor. I hope he gets his due. He's probably not because I think Daniel Kaluuya is a lock, but I I hope he does if there's any chance of him. That's cool. That makes me feel good. I'm glad. I'm glad it's an earned, well earned nomination, and that you're rooting for him. Now on to the two dreaded lead actor categories. Uh, I told you off the air before we started this podcast. I think. That these two are going to be my downfall. <laughs> I think I'm going to. I think I'm going to pick the wrong things. You're going to pick the right things. <laughs> the nominees for best actress in a leading role, and this is what I've seen the general consensus so that this is the hardest category to predict. Okay. Viola Davis in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Andre Day in the United States versus Billie Holiday, Vanessa Kirby in Pieces of a Woman. Francis McDormand in Nomadland, and Carrie Mulligan in Promising Young Woman. Who do you think is going to win? I think Carrie Mulligan in Promising oh, of course Young you Woman do. is going to win. <laughs> I think her performance is amazing. She, uh, I think she's just really great in this. She carries this film uh, 100%. She's got an excellent script to work with, and she's got excellent actors to play off of, but she is amazing. She's in the, most of this movie. She has to play drunk uh, a lot, which is not easy to do, and have it be done well. And then her transitions, you know, without spoiling the movie, are amazing. And and just there's a lot of humanity in her, with a lot of vengeance and anger. And I think just think she has. I think she just nails it. She nails this very very difficult part. Uh, Viola Davis is incredible in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. The 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 depth with which she feels things uh, is pretty amazing, and I and I would certainly not be unhappy if she won, and I can see her winning. 
I did not see the United States versus Billy Holiday, which is scary, crazy because this is a story that I'm interested in, and I've heard Andre Day's great. We did see pieces of woman. This is her first on-screen performance, by the way. Well, that's really amazing. Uh, we did see uh, pieces of a woman. Vanessa Kirby's was was great as well, and Frances McDormand is amazing. And in fact, after seeing Nomadland, I really thought I was going to put uh, Frances McDormand as my predicted win and my favorite. But I just I, promising young woman and Carrie Mulligan really just kind of won me over. And it might be complete recency bias because that's the movie I've seen most recently. But that's my predicted win and my favorite. What about you? All right, so before we started this podcast, I was pretty confident that I was going to pick Viola Davis. You are in the majority in thinking that Carrie Mulligan will win. That's Carrie, never I, a good sign to be in the majority. I think Carrie Mulligan will win, but my gut tells me Viola Davis, and I'm going to go with my gut. I've listened to an interview with Ruben Santiago Hudson, and hearing him talk about the complexity in the Ma Rainey character. Makes Fun me think, Columbus, Georgia, by the way, in real life, the town I grew up in. Makes me think how well Viola Davis shows those complexities in her performance, and I really hope she's properly rewarded for that. The, the fear is that Chadwick Boseman maybe overshadows her in this movie, screen time-wise, but and I can't remember, Promising Woman has a lot of buzz, but for some reason, my gut thinks that Viola Davis is going to win. My favorite performance possibly will surprise you. It is Vanessa Kirby in Pieces of a Woman. And it's because of that that beginning, like, 20-minute-long birth scene and how she has to show so many different emotions in that scene. And that movie as a whole made me really think that, like... I think this is actually a thought I had while watching Pieces of a Woman, like, five years ago. Um, <laughs> is that, like, if she gets nominated... I'm prob- she's probably going to be my favorite, and I'm right, both with this and <laughs> my cinematography for Mank. I'm going with my gut from a long time ago, which is also my gut now. Yeah, well, she's uh, Vanessa Kirby is amazing in that movie, and they're right. That, that opening kind of 20 minutes or whatever is uh, brutal and beautiful, and I can't even imagine how difficult that was to pull off for anybody involved in making that movie. Uh, so yeah, I think that, I'm glad you're going with your gut. And it's kind of a it's kind of a three horse race for a winner, right? Viola Davis, Carrie Mulligan, and Frances McDormand. Suppose I mean obviously no one's completely off the menu. Andre Day and Vanessa Kirby could easily win, but I think Frances McDormand, Carrie Mulligan, Viola Davis have more of a shot, and mainly Viola Davis and Carrie Mulligan. So I really do. My head thinks Carrie Mulligan's got this. My heart. Is going for Viola Davis. I feel like people like Francis McDormand had all the momentum back in the day. I know because Nomadland had all the momentum and yeah. still does. I mean, again, she's in almost every scene of that. You know, I don't know. Like, the, I'll be, I, I'm not going to be disappointed with any of these people winning, uh, even Andre Day, even though I haven't seen just because uh, I've heard such great things. Actor in a leading role For, before i even read the nominees i just want to point out how incredible like this oscar season was for male leads like all of these performances i feel like in a different year could easily win i mean maybe not all of these but i'll point out three uh riz ahmed and sound of metal there's who just incredible you haven't seen sound of metal yet you 
gotta. It's just, <laughs> I want to pre-order tickets for every movie Riz Ahmed's in. Oh, very cool. From now on. He's so incredible in that movie. And I think in any other year, he could easily win. Okay. Uh, Chadwick Boseman, obviously posthumous. And any other, any year, he could win. So incredible. Anthony Hopkins in The Father. I mean, just again, just incredible. Like, I mean, I've seen Silence of the Lambs. I think his performance in this is better. I think, and that usually it's a, we're talking about Anthony Hopkins' career. I say I hadn't seen many other movies with Anthony Hopkins in him. But I feel like if, like, the main contenders for best of his career are Silence of the Lambs and The Father, The Father may be the best performance of his career. Uh, and at just any other year, he could just, like, just, 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 it could be the easy standout. And then there's also Gary Oldman and Mank and Stephen Young and Minari, both very good performances. But I think it, this is once again another three horse race with Ahmed, Chadwick Boseman, and Anthony Hopkins. I'm going with Chadwick Boseman just because it's, it's similar to, to the Heath Ledger Oscar. If you've, died tragically the same year and also give an incredible performance like Chadwick Boseman and Heath Ledger did. I feel like you're going to win, but but Anthony Hopkins is right on his heels. The father's got a lot of buzz right now. And like it, I feel like they voted at the time in which the father had the most buzz and with it, with it being like a anonymous ballot. I feel like a lot of people could have gone like I should be picking Chadwick Boseman, but it's anonymous, so it's all right. I'll pick Anthony Hopkins. And that maybe gives gives it to Anthony Hopkins, but I'm going with Chadwick Boseman. But it's also, and this is why I get so unconfident about these leading actor and actress awards. Another thing, like, Matt Rainey is not nominated for Best Picture. I feel like it'd be crazy if it wins the two main actor awards and isn't nominated for Best Picture. I don't think that's happened before. It, it possibly. That's a good. That's a good question. I'm not sure has. if it has or not. So my, I, I, I'm, I'm excited to hear what you say. But what I was thinking was going to happen is I was going to pick Viola Davis and Chadwick Boseman. You were going to pick Carrie Mulligan and Anthony Hopkins. Carrie Mulligan and Anthony Hopkins were going to win. I lose <laughs> the competition as a whole. But before we get into that, my favorite is Anthony Hopkins. He's so he's so incredibly good. In this movie, just throughout the whole way through, he is at like the a of obviously he's at his A game, but because Anthony Hopkins is Anthony Hopkins, he's like at the A, the best possible game for the whole movie. It's just so good. The father is the whole movie is so good. A lot of that is Anthony Hopkins' incredible performance. Yeah, I think you're absolutely. Uh, I, I also loved Anthony Hopkins' performance a lot. And I wish I'd seen Sound of Metal. I've said that so many times, but I, because I've heard great things about Riz Ahmed and you loving the performance a lot means a lot to me. It tells me a ton. Um, Gary Oldman, you know, people, when this movie came out, a lot of people did not like his performance. And I say a lot of people, like people I read online and Twitter and things like that. But I loved it. I thought he was great. I think he's one of our best actors ever. I think he's incredible, and he was incredible in this. You never see him actually acting, he's just always in the moment. I thought he was awesome. Stephen, you and I actor, I like a lot, but I didn't think this role was that showy, and I, I was surprised that he was nominated after seeing the movie because I think he does a fine job, but I don't think he's given the opportunity to do amazing things. I believe it was like Grierson who's talking about Stephen Yen's performance, who said like 
the best thing he does, and I could be, I'm paraphrasing or maybe exaggerating. Like one of the great things he does in this performance is kind of tone down his star power. Yeah, I don't even think of him again. I think this movie made him a star, so I don't think he was a star beforehand in my world. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, and I see why he's getting a ton of press and a ton of opportunities from this movie. But I, I, I think he's a, does an incredible job. But I don't think uh, it didn't wow me. His performance didn't wow me. His character didn't wow me. The writing of it, his character didn't wow me at all. So I was kind of surprised that he was actor leading role, but I like it because I like him personally, and I'm glad he's getting a lot of opportunities out of this. Um, I loved Anthony Hopkins' performance. I just really, really did. And after seeing that movie, and you had told me that Chadwick Boseman was getting a ton of buzz, and of course, you know the fact that you know he he's passed away from cancer, and now this role, he was filming this role while he had cancer. That's amazing. But I was like, there's no way Anthony Hopkins cannot win. And then we saw Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and now I think Chadwick Boseman is going to win. He's my predicted win. Um, he was just incredible at this, and especially when you consider the fact that he's going through cancer treatment while he's filming. Nobody knew. That just blows my mind. Uh, it was funny. When the clips of this came out of this movie, the trailer, and I saw his, kind of his performance in it, I didn't really like it. In fact, wasn't really excited about seeing him in it because of just the clips I saw. But when you take it in the whole movie, he just it just works for the character, works for the movie, and he's incredible. And I think I have him tied with Anthony Hopkins for my favorite. You can't do that. That's not fair. <laughs> I, was, <clears throat> I was wondering if you're going to let me get away with that or not. All right. So what I have written down here is I have Chadwick Boseman for my favorite and my predicted win. But I'm sorry, Anthony. You are amazing also. You're just one little step behind on my favor for this. Can I also tell you something that annoyed me? And sure. I, I should have brought this up back when we were doing cinematography. No, it was editing. How you think Trial of Chicago 7 is going to win. I think Sound of Metal is going to win. You know what won the critical the Critics' Choice Award for cinematography? What? Both. <laughs> they, they, gave it, they gave it to Sound of Metal and Trial of Chicago 7. They tied. Well, that, that that can happen. And you know what we haven't talked about? And I know we're, we've got one more award left. But we haven't talked Two. about the process. Two more awards left. Uh, that's right. We haven't not talked about exactly how they do the voting. And I forgot what podcast I was listening to. But it's not as – they don't just put like your favorite on some of these categories, right? You put like your – you rank it's them. For, I think it's only for best picture that they rank. Okay. That's best picture. All right. So we can get to that when we or, – or not. It doesn't, I'm not sure how much it matters. So, yeah. My predicted win and my favorite is Chadwick Boseman from Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. He's amazing. Anthony Hopkins was amazing also. I, I'm glad you did not pick Anthony Hopkins for, because for some reason – Because you think he's going to win? Because I think he's yeah. going to win. But I don't really think he's going to win. But he's, so, he's got a lot of momentum I right would, now I at the wish, right time. I wish they both could win. I really do. Maybe they give it to both. Maybe they do. Has that happened before? Has Oscars tied before? You'd think that would happen I if like the votes has. are the same. I think that has happened. We'll have to, but I'm not positive. Maybe Anthony Hopkins and Chadwick Boseman tie. And I like your other question of has you know a film had both win the leading actor and actor awards and then not win Best Picture. I don't know if that's happened either, but I do know for Argo, you know, won Best Picture and Ben Affleck as director wasn't even nominated, and that feels stupid. All right, let's move on to Best Director. We have. Thomas Vinterberg for another round. David Fincher for Mank. Emerald Fennel for Promising Young Woman. 
Lee Isaac Chung for Minari, and Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. I think if... Okay, I don't know if you can bet on Oscars in Vegas, but if you could bet on Oscars <laughs> in Vegas, and I was going to bet money on a nominee, I would bet money on Chloe Zhao winning this award. Okay. Because I guess this is kind of spoilery <laughs> for my opinions on Best Picture, but I think Nomadland, Nomadland is the lead. It's got a ton of momentum. It's had momentum. I've been telling people months and months and months ago that Nomadland was going to be the king of this Oscars. Right. And I'm sure they didn't ask to have that conversation, but I <laughs> I forced it upon them. <laughs> and I think for me, I know it's happened before, but I think Chloe Zhao has to win director for this. I don't see, depending on how screenplay goes, maybe could be Emerald Fennel for Promising Young Woman. Maybe. I can... I can imagine that happening, and maybe it could be Lee Isaac Chung. I don't think it could be Venterberg or Fincher. I don't think Mank has... I think it's going to win production design, but other than that, I don't think it's going to win a lot. Um, and Thomas Venterberg, I don't I don't see it having... I, I don't see him having a chance of winning Best Director, so I think it's got to be Close Out. My favorite is actually Lee Isaac Chung because of just how great of a movie... Minari is like it's it's just and knowing it's so personal to Chung and maybe that matters more for the screenplay race I didn't pick it for either of the screenplay awards is my favorite it's just there's so many all the things that like a director would be involved in which I guess is the whole of the movie is just so good about it it's just all the his work with the the actors, his work with like the the scenery and even like the the production and the whole area around it. His work, the the cinematography is good as well. It's not nominated for that either. So if that had all come together and the Lee Isaac Chung doing a fantastic job on this movie, I would root. I'm rooting for Lee Isaac Chung. Okay. To which, is- to which mom would respond, "Why do you like Koreans so much?" Because <laughs> I because I pair. I also super love Parasite. Yeah, and, I, and well, well, that's a good place to put your love. Parasite was amazing. Uh, I did not like Minari as much as you, but uh, my predicted win is the same. Uh, Nomadland. Uh, I think Chloe Zhao is going to win. I think she deserves to win. I think it's an amazing film that she did, and a very interesting film. Not usually kind of Oscar Beatty kind of film, really. Uh, and I think she was great in it. My favorite, though, I'm, is David Fincher and Mank. I think... Um, Over Fennel? You're just talking about how much you love Promising Young Woman. I do. I do love that movie. And the screenplay is amazing. But I think as far as like the the picture and making the picture and making a, a hard picture, which I think is a factor in some things, but I think Mank was amazing and a very difficult picture to make. I think... Um, I thought David Fincher was incredible. And as much as I love the screenplay and I love the movie for Promising a Woman, there was moments during the film that I think I was taken out of it by either the direction. The style, right? Yeah. Maybe the, yeah. Style or even the, like the, some of the sets, you know, and I go, I know there's, a, she, you know, doesn't control the production design, but she's a director. So she, you know, she has final say on it. Um, yeah. I just think, I think the, 
the screenplay is better than the movie. That being said, I loved Carrie Mulligan's performance, as y'all know. So that that's what I think. My favorite is Mank, and my prediction is Nomadland. Is it time? It's time. <laughs> it's the best picture award. We haven't talked about rankings before, so I don't know if we want to rank them. I think we should. I think that's fine. Let's rank them by favorite. Let's first say which ones we think are going to win. Nope. Let's do it the other way. Let's let's save the the winners for last. Like, give me your ten to one. I think will be if there's ten. I think there's eight or nine. But yeah, but the eight. If you don't mind, I, I think that'd be more fun. So I haven't thought about the ranking too much beforehand, actually. But <laughs> we so just I'm, did this idea. We just came up with this right now. <laughs> yeah. So this is on the fly ranking. Right. You can revise, you know, later in life. <laughs> <laughs> Judas and the Black Messiah is my least favorite. Uh, it's, I think it's a good movie. I have some problems with Lakeith Stanfield character. If you listen to our Judas and the Black Messiah podcast, you you know how I feel. About that movie, it's not the most like visually extravagant like some of these movies are, and I have some faults with the script. That that comes together to be my least favorite. I don't hate it. It's just not as good as uh, the rest, in my opinion. I think after that is Mank to me. I'm not the world. And again, this is another instance of I don't really have a lot of faults with Mank. It's just not as good as some of these other movies nominated for maybe. I enjoyed the more flashback parts of Mank and the actual the story aspects of it, kind of in the actual writing of Citizen Kane and the Orson Welles part of the story are not that interesting. So I think I'm going to rank it below that. Um, oh, come on. Uh, Promising Young Woman. I think I'll do Promising Young Woman next. I had some of the plot details of Promising Young Woman spoiled to me online, not there was the person who posted his fault. I was doing nothing irresponsible to get that spoiler. So I just want to want to get that <laughs> yeah, across. Right. It was on a non-spoiler discussion about the Oscars that someone spoiled promising a woman. So I just and that takes out some some big impact on some of the twists on how on how Fennel writes script. So maybe I'm not the most accurate person to to discuss the the screenplay for promising a woman. But I think also like the style, not the world's biggest fan of it, and honestly. Not the world's biggest fan of Carrie Mulligan's performance. I I do think it's really good, but definitely not as good as some of the other performances nominated. Uh, I think he's got she's uh, consistent. That's good, but I didn't really feel her kind of like gripping me. In a, in a way. Um, oh, am I gonna do Nomadland next? I think I'm gonna do <laughs> Nomadland next. It's a good movie. The first half of this movie. Uh, at a point, I think there was a certain point after I'd seen all the best picture things that I thought, like, if I could give an award to the first half of Nomadland, I'd give it best <laughs> picture. I don't think that's true anymore, reevaluating it. Um, but I, Nomadland as a whole, it's really good, especially that first half. It does, it falls a little flat near the end. I found it not being able to properly hold my attention, and that's not, it could be my fault, but I really don't think it is. Some of the, like the, some of the Zhao's writing of it weren't that interesting. Honestly, I maybe got a little visually tired as as well. There's so many showings of like really cool scenery, and the scenery is really cool. But eventually, you keep putting <laughs> Francis McDormand alone in a frame with beautiful scenery. I may be gonna blink because I know I blink because it's gonna show up again. But the first half, I know about the end, is really good. And there's maybe the last first half, last 15 minutes, really good. 
I think I'm gonna do Trial of the Chicago Seven next. I like Sorkin. I'm a I'm a Sorkin fan. I like this movie. It's witty. It's quippy. There's some things that maybe I think are a little heavy-handed about what it's trying to convey. But other than that, I think it's a really for a lot of the reasons you said for editing and uh, cinematography. Like it's really good for those reasons. It's just a really just generally well-made movie it's got an interesting story i like the way sorkin write things he's one of the best screenwriters working right now so next i believe is sound of metal an absolutely incredible performance the script is phenomenal the cinematography is great well i how about the cinematography is good good enough to comment on but not great enough to give an award to um and Riz Ahmed and Paul Racing and even Olivia Cook, though she's not nominated and she's in less of the movie than both of them. I, they're just, I, again, I, I said this coming before, I want to pre-order tickets to every single movie Riz Ahmed's in from now on. He just knocks it out of the ballpark along with Paul Racing. The care that the Martyr Brothers for this whole project and this whole story it's just really admirable, and I really enjoy that. Uh, after this, there's a time in which I thought Minari would be my favorite of the Best Picture winners. Best Picture winners? Best Picture nominees. Um, it's, I mean, it's a really good movie. This movie, there's a moment near the end involving a child actor and Yu Jung Yoon that almost, that almost made me cry. I think if y'all weren't in the room while watching it, I may have cried. And like the ability that it's able to like make us feel so many different emotions. And this is a lot on the credit of uh, Lee Isaac Chung. Like it, you feel stressed, you feel happy. And it really, it's uplifting is the best word to describe it. It brings you down and it brings you back up again to its really great ending. But I think my favorite and I was comparing my mind, I've compared my mind for a while, Minari or the father. The father, I keep, my brain keeps going back to the father and I keep thinking about the father again. Uh, so I think I have to say it's my favorite because the way um, Zell, Florian Zeller writes it and the way Anthony Hopkins plays this character. It's just, it makes you feel and it makes you think. And like, I, it's hard to describe how everything just works to, to make them succeed in what they're trying to do. The production design, the editing, Anthony Hopkins should win the Oscar. Um, the writing is really good as well. And, and you know, we're, we're suckers for nonlinear storytelling. It's just so good. And if you've seen it, you know it's so good. I find it hard to believe those people that really dislike this movie. It's it's so good and it just it's still in my mind. I imagine I'll still be thinking about it laying in bed tonight, as I have for the past night since we've seen it. And if your movie can do that, that's gotta be a good movie. Yeah, that's a good sign. And do you want to do your ranking? And then we'll say our favorite. Yeah, that sounds good. Let me do my rankings as well. And then we'll do our... our wait. The one we think will win. Yeah, predicted win. Uh, so my ranking from the movie that I enjoyed the least to the movie that I enjoyed the most, 
I'm going to start with um, Minari, actually. What? <laughs> I still liked it, but uh, you know, in this list of amazing movies, it is the one that I enjoyed the least. Uh, it's the only one that I remember being taken out of the movie enough to like comment like negatively out loud while we were watching it. You know, sometimes when the kids' actions would make me so mad, <laughs> you know, that I was uh, upset. I think, and I didn't get the whole again not going for accuracy but going for dreamlike. There were some things that seemed like jump cuts. And they were jump cuts, or you know, I don't want to spoil anything, but I can say, you know, at some point the grandmother's there, and then all of a sudden the grandmother's gone. It just felt like some lot, some leaps of logic that I did not get as an audience member, even though it sounds like reading about it later, the director, that's kind of what he was going for, but that didn't come across, and so I shouldn't need to read an interview to fully appreciate the movie, um, or, or I don't say it didn't, shouldn't need to, but. Because I didn't get it, I enjoyed it probably not as much as the director would have wanted me to. So uh, just above that, I'll put Judas and the Black Messiah. This movie hasn't really stuck with me very much more. I think Minari is sticking with me more, so I might actually could reverse those two. But also we saw Judas and the Black Messiah a while back. Uh, next, I would put Mank, movie I liked a lot. Uh, just you know some ones I enjoyed more before that. Then I would say Nomadland which I enjoyed a lot. And then Trial of the Chicago 7. Again, just a really great movie. Really well-made movie. Promising Young Woman. And then my favorite was The Father. And that just stayed with me as well. I think about it all the time. It punched me in the gut. And The Father and the Promising Young Woman I think about a lot. So those are my, that's my list of favorites. And I didn't see Sound of Metal, so I don't know where that would fall on there. But uh, Probably near the top. I imagine it would. But so when, if I, when I do see it, I'll, I'll, I'll slide it in somewhere. Third or uh, second on, place on would be my prediction with, right. those, with those rankings. Cool. All right, so what is your predicted let's, win let's for Best say Picture? It at the same time, because I think it's going to be the same. By the way, I don't know if we should have made this clear at the beginning, but I did not know his predictions, and he did not know my predictions beforehand. That's true. So let's, let's see if we're the same. I think we will be. All right, so three, two, one, then say it. Mm-hmm. Okay, three, three two, two, one. Nomad, Nomad Land. Land. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. It's not gonna. It's not gonna be anything but Nomad Land. So that means that the, nobody's gonna be getting the big point jump in our competition. That's good. That's well, good. That is, that is that is probably good. It's gonna be if, Nomad Land. So if Nomad Land, let's say Nomad Land doesn't win, what would be, what would be your second one that you think might win? Um, I know you Ma- think it's gonna be a runaway. Minari. I think Minari has a lot of buzz going for it, and I would put the father, but I think you're probably right. I right. remember thinking like. When the nominees just came out, the, the top three, like if I remember thinking, if Nomadland doesn't win, Trial of Chicago Seven will. And if Trial of Chicago Seven doesn't win, Minari will. That's maybe changed. It may be more something like this: if Nomadland doesn't win, Minari will win. If Minari doesn't win, The Father will win. If The Father doesn't win, Trial of Chicago Seven will win, and then so on. I feel like the trial of the Chicago Seven has not gotten the buzz or momentum that that I, I think it probably deserves. Uh, is that right? Or, I mean, Would you're, you say you're on more internet boards than I am? Yeah, I think maybe it's too Sorkin-y. Is what a little Sorkin backlash? A little, a little Sorkin backlash, and a little like maybe even like I mean, we talked about how No Man's Land doesn't seem to be like an Oscar baity movie. Maybe too Oscary. I think you're right. I think also, yeah, I, I bet I think you're right. I think there's some 
backlash on his, the slickness of Sorkin's movies and probably his writing style and probably white male uh, kind of thing as well. Like we've seen that, you know, win and get publicized so much that I think, that, you know, yeah, I, I just think there's some Sorkin backlash. <laughs> you never used to hear bad things about Sorkin ever, you know? Uh, this is like something I've been thinking about with this this crazy year with movies and most of these movies all these movies were not made during the pandemic they were made beforehand but how do you think with these picks and maybe even general audiences opinions on these picks how do you think how much do you think the pandemic has affected that i have no idea i really don't know i think this watching movies at home versus watching them in a theater there's a difference. So I, I think there has certainly been some effect, but I would have no idea. I have no idea what qualitative or quantitative uh, effect there is. What about you? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'd really, it is hard to tell. I've heard, I've heard people talk about the, the COVID-iness of Nomadland and kind of being you know, separated, I guess, from the rest of the world. as something that's different. Um, I think there's even like some political motivations here with these picks. I think we're both trial of Chicago seven and Judas and the black Messiah. Like, I feel like there's been some more, there's been some maybe political shifts a little bit to the left a little bit that maybe causes people to, to like Judas and the black Messiah more and feel, obviously I think at any point we would feel a connection to Fred Hampton. But I feel like even now we have, feel an even more so connection to Fred Hampton and the, the 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 seven the Chicago seven. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. I By the way, Fred Hampton in both of those movies. Oh uh, yeah, uh, we didn't. Uh, I mean, he wasn't nominated, but Mark Rylance was really good in probably Chicago Seven. I just there's to a, there's a certain point where he thought he'd be nominated. I think Sasha Baron Cohen has been sent as the representative of Charlie Chicago Seven. That and for the SAG Awards, that movie won the cast award. Is that, that right? won best ensemble? Yes. Yeah, that's a pretty great cast. Yeah, it is an incredible cast. You got all kinds of people. All right. Anything else we want to say about the Oscars before we sign off? All right. Look through one little thing. Either of us have Trial of Chicago 7 winning any awards? Let's. You have it for editing. I don't, I think, actually. That may be it. Yes, it it is my favorite and my predicted win for film editing. But that's, so, that happens sometimes. You get a rule, you know, a great movie. It doesn't necessarily kind of break through for the award. But I think overall, it's just it's a really strong and good movie, and it with a great message and a, a great history lesson that is entertaining. All right. So yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think I have the Charles Garvey Seven winning anything. All right. Well, the Irishman didn't win anything last year, so I'm trying to think of Best Picture winners that haven't won any awards. I gotcha. Yeah. That that that's probably yeah. I hear that. Uh, awesome, man. Anything else we want to talk about? I don't think so. This has been a successful. This has been a successful Oscar season. This has been fun, and uh, I'm excited to, to watch them tomorrow night. And uh, and tell you all about and tally our points. And <laughs> exactly, we'll let you know who won. See when I beat you, or <laughs> actually see when you win because of Carrie Mulligan. Let's see. You're let's gonna see have a three point lead on me. I hole. know it. I know you're gonna have a three point lead on me. We will, we will see, and we will talk or just to you guys our, what It's funny. What if our, our guesses for best documentary short subject are the things that win for us? <laughs> right. That'd be pretty funny. 
That would be very funny. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, until we meet again. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Owls on Culture podcast. Our theme music was recorded and assembled by Marine Cerzier and Antoine Blanc. The show is produced by Pinecone Turkey. To learn more about Pinecone Turkey, visit pineconeturkey.com, where you can read the latest blog posts from the Owls on Culture hosts and sign up for the Flock email, a twice-a-month newsletter that delivers a short film, poetry, short story, and visual art right to your inbox. It's your monthly dose of art curated by Pinecone Turkey. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by leaving us a rating on iTunes. Thanks for listening.